I was struck in the face by a steel commercial door and I went to the hospital. They did not do any scans or anything. Just said, you have a concussion, go home and rest. You'll be fine in a couple of days and you'll be back at work. I held on to that. I was hopeful, uh, but that was not the case. I went to bed and woke up a completely different person. My speech was delayed and stuttered. I had vision troubles. My processing was delayed and a whole lot more. What is a concussion? The answer to this question might seem easy in principle. However, the vague nuances and unpredictable nature associated with this brain injury makes it complex for the general public to understand. For decades, people of all different walks of life have been impacted by their experience with a concussion and the lack of support and education they are provided throughout the recovery journey. A man walking his dog a woman working a late night shift, a student participating in recreational sports, and many more individuals have experienced life-altering changes as a result of an accident that led to their concussion. The Concussion Experience Podcast aims to serve this misrepresented community by sharing the real-life stories of concussion advocates in an effort to learn more about this complex, invisible injury and the impact it has on our lives. Throughout the course of this season, we have composed three questions to help guide our advocates in sharing their experience with concussions. How have concussions affected your life? Hello, Ali Rayum here from Massachusetts in the States. And I am joining you today to talk about how concussion and traumatic brain injury have impacted my life. Here's the thing is I know it impacts the lives of many, many, many people out there, probably you who's listening, and I think we need to share more about it. My extended story is definitely, it's on my social media, on other webinars and podcasts and everything. So if you want to learn even more about my story, my journey, follow it along on social media, I definitely invite you to do that. Here today, what I'll share is that I have sustained multiple concussions throughout my life. And it's actually really interesting because back in about 2008, when I was a collegiate athlete, I sustained a pretty significant concussion then and I didn't have a whole lot of guidance with it. I ended up being okay, great. Uh, fast forward to 2016, that's the year that really impacted me significantly and it drastically changed my life. So prior to the traumatic brain injuries that I sustained in 2016, I was an elementary school physical education teacher, a high school field hockey and track coach, a stand-up paddleboard instructor, a Zumba instructor, a kids ministry director. I did it all. And I have to say, I'm honestly really grateful for my background because it ended up helping me in recovery. So in 2016, I was struck in the face by a steel commercial door and I went to the hospital. They did not do any scans or anything. Just said, you have a concussion, go home and rest. You'll be fine in a couple of days and you'll be back at work. I held on to that. I was hopeful, uh, but that was not the case. I went to bed and woke up a completely different person. My speech was delayed and stuttered. I had vision troubles. My processing was delayed and a whole lot more. It actually took me about two months to find proper care. And when I did, I finally got on a regimen and was working with physical therapy and neuropsych and neurology. I was on my path to recovery for sure. Definitely taking longer than I wanted, but okay, okay, I was somewhere. Unfortunately, at the end of 2016, there was a perfect storm that happened between a really severe medication reaction that I had in addition to another concussion. Put all that together and I ended up in the hospital at a 10% functioning level. I had to relearn 
learn how to walk, talk, chew, and just live daily life again. I couldn't even pick a crayon out of a box of 10. It was that challenging for me. And at that point, I realized this is definitely the beginning of a new journey for me. Uh, I did not go back to the jobs that I had prior. I honestly don't plan to ever go back to them. Why? Because here's what really impacted me greatly about this journey I've been on is it took me from all of the things I was doing, all the things I put my identity in and really shifting that perspective for me. So I've realized that while jobs are what we get paid for and activity is what we do, identity is who we are. And sustaining an injury like a concussion, any type of brain injury, it doesn't change who we are because we're still born with natural gifts and we're still a human being here on this earth. And it's such a blessing. I quickly realized, okay, Allie, this is time to grow become the best version of yourself possible, start to improve relationships and express emotions and just the whole healing process. Then at the end of 2020, actually, I did sustain another concussion. And what was really cool about that opportunity is I got to apply what I've learned over the past five years and all the research that has come out about concussion. And my recovery from that one was far better than any that I've ever sustained before. So I share that because I'm genuinely hopeful for where the direction is going with research and people sharing their stories and everything in between. So I am here to encourage and support you and anyone else out there who has sustained a concussion, a traumatic brain injury. So feel free to get connected. That's just a little bit about my story and we are in this together. What were the biggest challenges you faced? the challenges associated with recovering from concussion. For me personally, there are two really big ones that stand out. One is gaslighting. I myself experienced a lot of this, particularly at the beginning of my journey, which was also at a time when concussion information was not as known. Thankfully, that has improved a lot. I experienced a lot of physicians and clinicians and even family and friends really not believing me when I was explaining symptoms or I would hear the typical, you should be better by now, there's no way this was from a concussion or fill in the blank. I also didn't realize at the time that I had a lot of other medical conditions that were playing into the scenario in times that I would pass out or be so fatigued that my response time was either not there or really slow, my processing was slow. If I was in pain, it basically became a narrative of it's all in your head. And we all know that, right? We hear that and we're like, yeah, it is in your head because that's where your brain is. <laughs> and I'm laughing now, but it, it was a really, really rough part of the journey for me. I would call that like my number one challenge. Absolutely. Because you're already in a state, I'll say myself, I was already in a state where I didn't even know what was going on. So then when I was seeking help and support from other people to just be told really that they weren't believing me hurt. And at the same time, looking back now, I also get why they said that a bunch of times because they also didn't know and it doesn't make it right. But I'm really thankful that concussion information and programs and recovery so much more is known now, but definitely gaslighting was one. The other really big challenge that I'm actually still navigating, so it's pretty much been a theme throughout, 
is setting and sticking to boundaries without feeling like a burden. So there's kind of like two things in one. I have felt like a burden many times. I will fully admit that. Um, I love people, people are my passion, and I genuinely empathize with people so deeply that like I feel bad when I set a boundary or try to stand up for myself and advocate and communicate for myself. And I know I shouldn't, but I do because I'm so empathetic to other people as well. But with that, I really practice the communication of boundaries and how to set them and how to stick to them. And throughout my practice with that, while it has been challenging, I've really improved personally on not feeling like a burden because here's the thing is as I've done it more and more, I've seen success with it. And now I love encouraging people through the process of setting and sticking to boundaries, trying to figure out what boundaries do you need, what type of wording can be used to help express those boundaries, what what is maybe good timing for communicating those boundaries, and then how do you stick to it? I will tell you one of my secret tips here is to sound like a broken record. Know the boundary you said and then state it over and over and over and over and over until the person either gets it enough that they support it or they're sick of hearing it and you move forward and that those those two things for me would be two of the biggest challenges the gaslighting and the boundaries what does being an advocate mean to you advocating for these invisible injuries is something that really takes a lot of courage and resilience and It's something that I feel like personally is a fit for me because I've spent my entire life with the passion of educating. And to go from somebody who was literally a teacher in a classroom to now flipping the script and saying, well, let's educate on these invisible things as well. So I think a big piece of the advocacy in invisible injury is the communication not everyone's going to get it. And personally, I don't want people to have to get it because then that means they are going through concussion recovery. And I really don't want everybody else in my life to have to sustain a concussion in order to get it. So some of the things that I feel like are really beneficial in advocating for these invisible injuries is for people to share their stories, which is what I love here, what we're doing is sharing stories and expressing feelings and communicating needs. All of that plays into turning something invisible to visible. And I know there's a lot of analogies out there like, oh, if somebody breaks a bone and they have a cast on, it's really obvious they hurt themselves and people are much more empathetic towards them. And how sustaining a brain injury, you don't, you don't have a cast on, people don't see it. I think personally, it's up to us as well. People who have sustained the brain injuries to speak up because we also can't expect other people to understand if we don't take the time to communicate that. So part of that for myself has been using social media and speaking out in support groups or really podcasts as well, right? Any opportunity to spread the word and say, hey, This is what I've been through. Here's what I've learned from it. And if somebody has never even thought twice about what it may feel like for someone who has sustained a concussion, they can start by hearing these stories. 
And I think this advocacy also plays a big part in communicating to even family and friends and community partners. So if you were to go to a doctor's appointment and you're checking in with the secretary and maybe you're having trouble communicating, instead of walking away or getting just getting frustrated that they don't understand or things like that, which are all very real, part of this education and advocacy is saying, thank you so much for your patience while I am processing. And you can even leave it there or say something along the lines of, I've sustained a concussion, I'm having a little bit of a hard time hearing you or following this conversation. Would you mind repeating that again, please? So the more we can practice communicating about this and sharing those stories I think is important, as well as I'm a huge advocate about embracing your unique. We have to realize too that everyone's journey is unique to them. So you could put 10 people in a room that have all sustained concussions and the conversation will be very different. The needs will be very different. One person may love music and be ready to have a dance party while somebody else is sitting in the corner with earplugs, headphones, and blocking their ears with their hands. We have to remember that while concussion is a term used to describe a very broad injury, the experience of the individual is unique. So we should embrace that. And all of us as individuals who have sustained brain injuries can embrace that as well, again, in sharing our stories and communicating our personal needs to those around us. We want to thank Ali Rayum for sharing her story and providing more awareness and understanding to this complex invisible injury. If you found Ali's story to be insightful, then we encourage you to share it with the people in your circle and join us in bringing more awareness to concussions and traumatic brain injuries. Our advocates are inspiring individuals that take the time to openly share their experience with this injury in an effort to help us challenge the stigma. And if you're interested in joining this community or want to learn more about this program, then visit our website at www headsupcan.ca slash advocates for more information. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Concussion Experience Podcast. And it would mean so much to us if you could leave a rating and review below to help us continue growing this initiative.